0: um which is why i think so many people get sucked in much like i did uh to a running group because uh, you're not you're not joining a running group to run the miles you're joined, you're joining a running group to run with the people
1: Diswind's radio episode 958 starts in 3 2 three. Uh, real quick, before we dive into today's episode of the show, today's episode is brought to you by You Need a Budget. It's been a, it's been a minute, it's been a couple months, I think, since I've talked about You Need a Budget, the uh, budgeting software that Rebecca and I use, which is on the surface maybe the most ridiculous sponsor of a running podcast ever. But you all know, you know as well as I do, that while we may have gotten into the sport thinking it was cheap, <laughs> it is anything but. Uh, we spend we spend some money on our running pursuits, and that's where You Need a Budget can can really help. Uh, Rebecca and I have been using it for uh, going on two years now, and it's definitely been, a, a, I don't want to say a game changer, because it's nothing miraculous, right? It's nothing, it's not, this isn't some snake oil, like they're going to help you find all this money. What happens is you become more aware of your spending habits, and then you either continue on because, hey, like the things you're spending your money on matter, or you go, gosh, I didn't realize I was spending, you know, X amount of dollars on whatever, uh, you know, whatever it is, I I don't want to say any examples because I don't want to feel like I'm casting judgment because, you know, you do what works for you. You do what's important for you. But if you start to figure out some ways that maybe you're, you're spending a little money that you don't want to, or that you're unaware of, that can be a new pair of shoes. That can be a race entry that can be, uh, you know, some, some shorts or some, some shirts, a sports bra, or maybe hear me out on this. Maybe it could be a coach. And if you need a coach, I know a guy. So, uh, YNAB has been, it's been fabulous for us. It's easy to, well, I want to say it's easy to get going. It's easy to get started. It's a little complicated at first, but once you figure it out, game changer, uh, definitely pays for itself. As far as I'm concerned, and you can get a free month, you can get a free month anyway. If you go to their website, they'll give you a free month. But if you go to my link, which is disruns.com slash wine this is just letters Y N A B. Um, you sign up, you get your free month, you actually get free 34 days. So it's a little more than a month, almost five weeks. And then at the end of the time, if you decide you want to sign up again, you know, and like actually pay for it, pay the yearly subscription fee, which is like $85. I think um, you'll get an extra free month on top of that going through my link that you don't get. If you go through just the normal website, I also get a free month added to my subscription on that. If you do use my, my link. So that's, that's why it's, it's sponsored. I don't get any money for it, but I Saves me an extra month on my on my subscription, um, and it is something like I said that it, it's been a game changer for Rebecca and I. I'm actually planning to start implementing it in the business, using it for for my like set up a different account for my business. Um, that's how much I believe in it, and I think it would help you too um, if if you give it a shot. So check it out if you're so inclined. Dizruns.com slash ynab. And now after the the longest, most ramblinest, budgetiest intro, let's go ahead and dive in. To today's episode of the show, hey guys, my uh, guest today is someone that, uh, based on his social media accounts, doesn't uh, doesn't exactly take life too too seriously. Um, he does, however, take his running at least a little bit seriously, uh, which which I think is proven by the fact that he's actually won a marathon. He's got he's got a marathon victory in his CV, uh, which certainly I can't say for myself. Um, so that doesn't mean that he can't still have fun while running but he's certainly fast and uh, enjoys enjoys the sport enjoys pushing himself uh and I'm sure that today we will cover all that and more uh so let's let's get the man on here and we'll get get the party started with Mr. Ben Lamers. So Ben uh thanks for joining us today and welcome to the show.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me. Excited to be here to talk a little bit about running.
1: Yeah, that's 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 always the uh that's always the, the goal. Well, not always the goal. That's always what happens. At least that's where we start off with. We'll see where it takes us. Uh, but guys, if you enjoyed today's conversation, you want to connect with Ben and, and follow along on on some of the social medias and see some of the things that he's got going on in, in his life, running and beyond. Uh, Instagram, the handle is at Ben M. Lammers. That's B-E-N. Pretty self-explanatory there. The letter M and then Lamers, L-A-M-E-R-S on Twitter. We just get rid of the M in the middle there, and it's just at Ben Lamers on Twitter. Uh, if you're not sure which one is which or you're out out on the go, we kind of forgot. Where where do we go? How do we find it? You know how to find it. Dizruns.com slash 958. It's a link back to the show notes. We'll have everything linked up as per usual. Photos, links, the whole 9 Dizruns.com slash 958. So, uh, Ben, the way we always start off the show is with... Uh, It's a simple question. It's a great launching off point because there's a lot of good choices out there. Sometimes it's a tough one to answer, but at least it's easy. One of the few things that falls out of my mouth relatively easily without me tripping over my own words, which I say that I'm probably setting myself up to stumble today, Uh, but it's just to simply ask, what is your favorite distance to race and why?
0: Yeah, so mine is actually the 10K, um, which I know is not always a common answer. Um, This is not the most common race either. Um, but I really like it uh, in large part because I normally say that I can typically run the 10K at the pace I would prefer to run the 5K at, uh, which works out really well for me uh, and that I can lock into, uh, I, I don't know, comfortably fast, if mm-hmm. if that's a good way to put it, pace in the 10, and just kind of sit on that. Uh, and especially in a race format, you know, I'm, I'm sure you know uh, and a lot of people listening know in the 10 10k a lot of people get out like it's 5k and it it doesn't always end well if you do that so i guess for me it's just the one distance that has clicked a little bit more in how to properly pace it how to properly race it uh, and just letting a lot of those people go uh, sitting on whatever whatever pace that again i I would prefer to be running the 5k at and just sit on that for the whole way and then pick off people as as the race goes on there at the end
1: yeah, that's, that's definitely, um, I feel like for, for me, that idea of, of not getting caught up in what other people are doing, um, is, is something that is, is a constant work in progress, kind of learning to, 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 you know, if, if they really are that fast, you're not going to see them again. So let them go. And if they are getting out too fast, you're going to see them again when you go blowing by them with a few miles left in left in the race. And they're really, uh, you know, sucking wind and, and really struggling for, for going out too, too hot. Um, but certainly a lesson that I've had to, to you know, maybe learn a, f- a few times, maybe a few few more times than I care to admit, uh, how to how to pace myself in, in some of those those early miles. And quite honestly, um, no matter the distance, figuring out the the right pacing. Uh, but for you, it's locked in at the, at the 10k. Uh, have you have you had some of those those? I would assume you probably have, because again, I think it's, everybody has some of those those instances where you don't pace it wrong and you are on the the uh, the end of. Oh, there they go. They're passing me now. Like, like I, uh, I, I screwed that up.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I totally, I, I, like you said, I think everyone does. Um, I've noticed for me, there's normally like one, if you consider like, you know, whatever, you know, seasons you're racing in spring and fall, what have you, I normally have one right at the start where I'll mess up my pacing. And by the end of the race, I'm like, Oh no, (laughs) what have I, what have I done? And that normally is enough to lock it into my brain for, going into any goal races or things like that. But yeah, I always, every once in a while you get going or you don't pay attention, uh, get sucked in or worry about the people in front of you and you're like, Oh man, they're, they're all moving. Um, and you just assume that they're all going to hold that when it's probably not going to happen. Um, so definitely. Yeah. Every once in a while you fall back and it's just, it's terrible yeah. when that happens. And I'm sure, I'm sure everyone can relate to that because it's happened to all of us. It's awful when you're just dropping and went out too fast and have nothing left.
1: Yeah. It, it really is. It's, it's, and, and I, the, the last couple of few times that I've done that, um, one comes to mind, uh, uh, uh the cannonball marathon in North Carolina, uh, which was, I guess I ran it in November, 2019. So pre pandemic, which, you know, it feels like it was still, so, it was, I guess a couple of years ago, but it, it feels like it was even maybe longer than that. But it was one of those races where it was like, I, I guess I didn't necessarily go out too fast, but it was like, I thought I could go out and try to PR. Right. So it's like, you you set your sights a little bit high. Uh, because you, you know, the training has been going well, you, you're, you're hoping that things are going to go smoothly. Um, and they did go smoothly for like 20, 21 miles, 22 miles. And then, uh, you know, if the race would have been over, then we would, you know, it would have been, it would have been fantastic. Sadly it wasn't. Um, and that's when you start second guessing all of the decisions that you made along the way, where it's just like, oh yeah, I guess I bit off more than I could chew. Or maybe those hills were a little more, uh, yeah, I was a little too aggressive on some of those uphills or, or seeing as I live in Florida, like I just haven't trained on hills in forever, and uh the combination of hills, and it was a little bit warm like that that got to me somewhere along the way but but yeah that that humble pie that you get when you go out too fast um I think it's I think it's a good thing though every once in a while to just remind you of like all right you gotta be gotta be smart when it comes to to running races,
0: yeah, I totally agree with that um because it does kind of lock lock at least for me it locks me in a little bit more moving on to to future ones like oh can't do can't do that one again. Uh, And it's, it is, I think you're right, a good thing to have happen every once in a while. Um, Even though it's, it's terrible. I think it's a good thing to have a bad race every now and then. Um, You always hope that's in a tune up, of course, and not in, (laughs) not in the big one uh, that you're looking for, but it is, I think you're right. It is a good thing um, to really highlight things that maybe you need to work on um, individually. Um, You know, sometimes it's more egregious than others. I know when I did the Illinois marathon in 2019, I got out. I think my first mile was faster than my half marathon PR, mm. and I was like, "Oh, that's that can't be good." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, we gotta we gotta slow it down a little bit. And the second mile was right about that. I was like, "Well, we're either we're either gonna have a real good day, or it's gonna get real bad around like mile ten mm-hmm. or something," which is what happened. Um, but uh, yeah, that was a, that was a big error on my part. But sometimes, you know, if, once you do it, you just gotta. Go with it, I think, at that point, because you can't can't put the toothpaste back in the tube if you've gone out too hot those first couple miles. You just got to see what happens
1: yeah well and that's and that's an interesting uh, at least it, it, it puts an interesting thought in my head because sometimes and 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 arguably, maybe the marathon is not always going to be the best example of that because of the the length of the race, but sometimes going out a bit too hot and and a bit too fast. Um, can be a good thing because if if you are able to maintain it and are able to hold on, you can blow blow PRs or blow your expectations out of the water and and kind of almost reset. Not almost. You can kind of reset your expectations for future races then in a positive direction of like, wow, look at look at what I was able to do on this 10k or half or or you know in a, in a great world and an a, a ideal studio, even in the marathon, um, just by kind of in theory setting yourself up for disaster early. But if it all clicks, it, it's it's a you know it's it's a it's a razor thin line to try to walk. Um, it probably more often than not ends ends poorly. But every once in a while, like like you said, like it's it's you just got to go with it and see what happens. And if it's if it's your day, it can be a, a nice little boost.
0: Yeah, it can. And I, I, you're right about that. And I know, you know everyone's different. I know for me, it's always easier to fall into that if you have people around you or people to chase um because i know at least for me if i look at like in a 5k for example if i look at my watch after the first mile you know if it's a little quick you know instantly or the first thought is like oh mm-hmm. and which is probably not the thought you want to have if you're trying to trying to run faster or break through whatever time wall you're on uh so i do think that again for me at least you know if you're in a pack or if it's a bigger race um and you have people to run down i think it does Help a little bit more in that regard because there are other things that you can focus on as opposed to what you're running, what pace you're running, how you're feeling. It's like, oh, stick with these people or stick with that person, catch that person – uh, et cetera, et cetera, uh, which is probably why people do well at those big races, uh, especially in the marathon, because you have other stuff to think about. Uh, but I know there are other people who need to know what pace they're running um, and would probably be like, he's wrong about that. <laughs> <laughs> you just need to know what they're, what they're locking in on. Uh, but I know for me, it's, yeah, if you get caught up in a group or chasing someone, it helps just distract you from whatever else you're, whatever else you're thinking or feeling in terms of maybe getting out a little too quick or anything mm-hmm. like that.
1: Well, and, and it can also, like you said, you're, you're focusing on other things. You're thinking about other things, maybe, you know, depending on, on the race distance and the pace, like maybe you're even having a little bit of conversation as you go, maybe not super in depth, but there's a little bit of back and forth, which can just kind of get you out of your own head. Because if, if you're left to your own devices, again, speaking just, just for me, but probably something that at least a few people can relate to, you know, you see that time on your watch and it's pretty easy to start thinking like, oh, shoot, like this, like this is unsustainable. And then you know, is it, is it one of those situations where if you don't have those negative thoughts, like it might be more sustainable or, but because you have those negative thoughts, then it just, you know, it's kind of that, that thing that, that then leads into the crash and burn. like, you know, who, who knows? And and obviously to each person, it's a little bit different and, and sometimes yes. And sometimes no, but yeah, having those distractions, having some people to chase or having something to focus on besides some of that negative, uh, you know, talk in your head, uh, is is almost always a positive in, in running and beyond, but you know, so at least for me, again, I'd be my own worst critic more often than not, and so having some other distractions is huge a lot of times.
0: Oh yeah, it really is, and you know, I know you know it's different. I'm thinking, you know, especially even between roads, roads and trails, um, it's like the opposite of of what you're saying. Like roads, I think what we've been talking about, you can get out a little quick, you know. Oh my gosh, you know, this maybe maybe can't run this for. 5k, 10k, half full, whatever distance. Um, but I think you know, and, and anyone who's listening who's run a lot of trails will know, kind of know this. It's the opposite. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you can fall into the opposite trap, and you know, in some of your longer trail runs or even shorter trail runs, because you're probably not running as fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it's easy, I think. It's happened. It's certainly happened to me uh, on trails to look at watching. Whole, oh my god, I'm running you know, I'm running tens. I'm oh well, right. no. It's, and it's, it's, I think it's easy to fall into the other way. Um, then cause then you maybe push too much trying to get through that and you end up in the same place as if you've run too fast mm-hmm. and try to keep going. It's just from a from a different, a different avenue of, of doing that. So I think it, it's weird how it works like in the reverse, at least in my mind, when you run, run on trails, you almost can't look at it because in my opinion, there's no point. Um, and checking what pace you're on unless you're a really top tier, you know, elite runner, which I am not. So (laughs) I don't, I don't see a need to look at it because it's too easy to think you're going slow. If you have a a hilly mile or anything like that, it might be really, really slow, but everyone else has got to run that same Mm -hmm. hilly mile that you're competing with. So pace is irrelevant. I think once you get out there.
1: Yeah. I, I think that, that for the trail running, and and again it's probably something that that almost takes experience and and getting yourself maybe in trouble or or at least having those those you know rough l- second halves of races because you're focused on pace too much and, and, and with experience, you know, you kind of learn, like you said, maybe it's hillier or maybe the, the, the ground in this section is, is a bit sandier. So you're just like, it doesn't make sense to put forth the effort to try to maintain a certain pace when you're running in sand or it's real technical. So you got to watch your step or, or whatever, you know, all the different variables that come into play when you're trail running versus, you know, semi confidence in the road beneath you when you're out on the roads that like, that's a variable that you don't usually have to think about too much. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I, I, I struggles, I don't know if I struggle, but sometimes when you're talking to non-runners and you try to explain the difference between road running and trail running, and even talking to to runners, like, yes, they're the same sport, but man, they're two different sports. You know, it's, it's just two completely different beasts, road versus trails, everything else being relative, like distances, like whatever, but road and trail, it's just completely different animals.
0: Oh, I know they are. And, you know, I think a, a good personal example of that earlier, this Gosh, I guess it was a few weeks ago now, maybe a month or so. Anyway, um, I, I run a lot on the Ice Age Trail uh, that we have here in Wisconsin because it's really the best place to run any single tracks and hills um, on trail. And I was out there with uh, two of my friends who are much faster than me on the, on the roads, um, you know, low, low 250, high 240 marathoners. And we're, we're out long run on the trails, which I had spent a lot more time on uh, because I, I have an ultra coming up. So most of my long runs mm-hmm. have been on trails like I said, they're faster than me but we're a few miles in and just I was just leaving them for dead and I'm like yeah cuz they haven't run on not roads in such a long time like they're faster than me but they just aren't as as familiar with it so you're exactly right that once you shift over to trails speed only gets you so far mm-hmm. um but experience is a pretty big pretty big player in that as well especially with the constant elevation changes cuz you certainly have a lot more of those uh, once you get off the roads. So for the most part, there are road right. races that obviously have quite, quite the elevation um, as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's every every races course is always going to be different, but yeah, in general, I would I would certainly agree with that. That there's just a lot more, e- and even even the the subtle changes on the trail, I feel like they're more mag- as far as elevation things like like it's just it's even more magnified. To me, and maybe that's just in my in my own head, but it kind of sounds like you're along the lines too. Where you know some some subtle rollers on the road, yeah, it's, it's almost nice. It breaks things up a little bit. You you change your stride. You get to get the downhills to recover a little bit more. Uh, but some of those same type of of variations on the trail, uh, sometimes you can recover a little bit more. But sometimes it's it's harder going down because of because it's technical or because of of the terrain features beyond just the elevation. That uh, that yeah, it's it's. You just gotta you gotta adapt to the circumstances and to the to be in the moment a lot more. I feel like on the trails and the roads, you can just kind of set it and forget it. Sometimes,
0: that's yes, a hundred percent. You can really get on a roll on the roads too, and not even with the uphill downhill, which is totally true. But even on the road, for the most part, you don't have to pay attention to where your feet are going. Mm. You're you're probably not going to clip any any rocks or roots or anything like that. So you can really kind of zone out and and really get going into a nice rhythm which you don't always get uh if you're running on the trails because again you you know you might catch a a rock or a root or something Mm -hmm. else that's sitting out there uh so you have to you know you can still get into a rhythm certainly but you know it's just it's not the same as as a road rhythm because you got to pay a little bit more attention so you don't clip something you'll pick up your feet you can get away with a lot more of that on the roads since it's since it's flat, mm-hmm. um, so I think that's another another one as well that you might maybe have to think a little bit more on the trails from time to time uh than you would to just go you know pound 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 right down the road
1: yep yeah and then and then from my personal experience of some trail races I've done um the areas where it is super technical where there are where there are roots everywhere and there are there are some rocks and some things like that. Like those areas, you don't, I don't tend to trip and fall in because I'm paying attention. But then you get to that, that flat stretch and you're like, all right, I can just open it up and I can run a little bit. I can, I can tune out. Um, there's always that one little something that's in the trail that because you you feel like, oh, I can, I can, uh, you know, relax a little bit now and just kind of cruise for, for a few miles. Uh, that's where you go down, but thank, and thankfully there's only that one spot that you trip on. So you trip on it and hopefully the ground is relatively soft and you can just laugh at yourself and get up and keep going. Um, but that's happened to me more than, more than I probably care to admit of that, that one random little root or that little vine or whatever it is who gets you.
0: I know I, I have, I've seen that happen. Um, I'm, I shouldn't say this before, for a race on Saturday, <laughs> but I don't follow a whole lot when I run. Um, it's probably going to happen now. Um, but, yeah, a good, a good example that I have of that uh, is that a couple of us who were going out to this race on Saturday did some uh, night miles one day because one of our friends wanted to, oh, we should run at night. So we did. Uh, we went out to the Ice Age Trail, you know, really rocky at night. And we're just, like, picking through picking through them little by little. You know, it's obviously not that fast because it's, mm-hmm. it's dark and it's rocky. But no one fell. No one in our group fell. Uh, and then we're out at a different park um, out in the suburbs of Milwaukee, known for being, you know, some nice, grassy, not necessarily flat, but smooth. Very trails, runnable. Yep. Very runnable. And and someone eats it on like one of the grassy parts. And we're like, <laughs> how did that happen? There's nothing out here. We we ran at night on this single track rocky trail, but we're out on this nice grassy double track. And you just catch something and go down. So it's exactly what you said. It it gets you when you're not paying attention sometimes when you're <laughs> out there. Uh yeah, hopefully that doesn't jinx me for this yeah Yeah, i'd I'd, I'd like to not fall at any point
1: better knock on some wood or something but but yeah that's exactly what like my last my last 50k i was you know running through this this area and and i don't know it was a vine or something something like i mean legit grabbed my foot and pulled it back and you just you just know when it had all right well we're going down like no big deal but then I, i like you know i'm sitting there on the trail for a second looking around going i couldn't even find what got me even though i knew i knew right where it was and i you know like like i yeah uh oh, when you're not paying attention that's that's when that's when things happen. but uh shifting gears a little bit, Ben going back in back in time, hopping in our little time machine, how'd you get started in the sport? has running always been been part of your life is the you know long history relatively recent history? how'd you get started?
0: um you know in terms of always been in your life i I'm not sure if I'd say always. Uh, I know that we and maybe a lot of people listening had to do the uh, presidential fitness test mm-hmm. in in school, and so the mile was a component of that. Uh, And so I would every once in a while, I would just run around the block um, where I grew up because twice around was a mile. So just to be passable Mm -hmm. at that, um, I was in somewhat, I don't want to say good shape, but adequate shape uh, in that regard. Um, But really, I think for me, it kind of started running started in two different spots. Um, One was in high school. I uh, joined the cross country team. Um, did not plan on running. Uh, ran a total of six summer miles going into that first year. <laughs> uh, mostly signed up because uh, I wasn't signed up for a fall sport. Uh, and the coach at the time wrote wrote a letter was like, "Cross country team, you know, we're we're pretty good. We're coming off you know, second place in state. We could use more people." It made it sound like I would be a. a Important part of the team, which was certainly not the <laughs> yeah, case. We're, at we're all. second in the
1: state, so just anybody that has never run before, come on and help us help us win state yeah, next year. <laughs> but,
0: but it sounded really good, and so I was like, "Oh yeah, I'll do that." And you know, my dad is like, "Oh yeah, you'll probably never run more than four miles at a time," which was a huge lie. Um, <laughs> I think the second practice we ran six. Um, but that's kind of how I got sucked into that a little bit because it seemed like a good opportunity, um, and then I, I really liked it. I did it all four years. Did track through that time. It wasn't great. Um By any means, but did it, liked it, um and then that just kind of became a part of my life uh ran off and on in college, mostly to stay somewhat in shape, um, but still like knew the guys on the team on the cross country team, knew the coaches, but just didn't run run on the team. I had other things to do um in college um with the newspaper, was on the radio, things like that um but really for, probably picked up, took that next step for me when my first job out of college uh was in Ames in Iowa. And, uh, my boss at the time was like, Oh, you run, you should run with the local, local running group. And I didn't know what to expect when I showed up because to that point, the only running club that I had ever, ever interacted with in what 20, 22, 23 years of my life had been the UW Madison running club. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, those guys are they 're fast right i mean they they should all probably be running like on a, a team somewhere instead of being on the club team in Madison. so I was like, "Oh my gosh, like these people are all going to be like super legit um, runners, which, as I now know, is <laughs> not the case for ninety nine percent of all running groups that are out there uh it's people who you know run, enjoy their company, some people are are really fast, some people aren 't mm-hmm. uh, but it's it 's for everyone, but i didn 't know that at the time. Um, So I showed up to the first run and I think it was 10 miles. I think I could probably, I can probably do that. Uh, And then did that, really got hooked up with that group. And then it really got peer pressured into everything um, after that, you know, when people in the group are are running races you're like, oh, I could, I could maybe, I could probably run a half because we had a 14 mile long run that one day. So I could do that. And then, you know oh a bunch of us are going to go to grandma's marathon which is my first one and oh i could you know maybe i could do that mm-hmm. uh, you know, oh you know adam adam runs a bunch of ultras I, I could probably do an extra 5 and you know it just kind of gets really got sucked in from there uh running with that group getting into the the longer races the race scene uh the long runs and all of that um i'm not i'm not so sure that would have come naturally to me if i hadn't gotten connected with that group um, maybe it would have eventually, um, but it certainly, if it would have come eventually, it certainly accelerated that, mm-hmm. um, by, by joining up with that and kind of getting a structured, almost a structured weekly, weekly plan where you run, you know, you run Tuesdays with the group, you run Saturdays with the group and any other time that some people mm-hmm. might want to go. So I, I think that really kind of pushed it along in terms of a, a post post high school college competitive world.
1: Yeah, it's, it's. A lot of people can speak to the the influence we'll we'll say influence the peer pressure that that a running running group running friends provide and um you know people that and I'm not saying this is you, but people that have you know never had the competitive itch before, but they get involved with the running group oh let's go run this race let's do this five k let's do this ten k whatever uh and then all of a sudden they start to whether it's competitive with themselves or competitive against some of the the buddies in the in the running group, maybe a little bit of both. It's all of a sudden it's like, oh well, all right, like I can I can push a little harder, I can go a little faster, and then uh, the the snowball starts to to roll downhill, as it were. Um, you know, fast forwarding a bit, and I don't know, we can we can kind of bounce around as as it makes sense, but I uh, definitely want to talk about winning a marathon because that's one of those things that, uh, like I said in the intro, not a lot of us can can probably say that we've done that before i certainly can't um we also all know and, I, and i'm not trying to to deflate your your balloon here ben but you know we, we've all heard the, either heard the stories or been the 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 benefactor or sometimes even on the other end of the the situation where it's like it all depends on the race right like if if none of the quote-unquote fast people show up then you you may have a chance to win by default and, and I've certainly been in there and I've, I've heard these stories of folks before where it's like, you know, I finished sixth overall and I also finished sixth in my age group where if I would have been a year older, or a year younger, I would have won my age group or whatever. You know, it's, it all just depends on on who shows up. But uh, the, the race that, that you won, tell us, tell us a little bit about it. What, what was what was the race? What was the uh, you know, did you think you had a chance at winning it going in? Was it a surprise? Like, how did that whole situation play out?
0: Yeah, so um, it was the Doolittle Marathon, and um, it's normally in Waukesha, Wisconsin. Um, but this year it was in Oconomowoc because of various permits mm-hmm. um, that uh, that the company had could get and could not get um, since it was you know September of 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, not not nice. everything was necessarily open yet. Um, but yeah, so kind of how that came about. Um, my dad had previously run run the Doolittle just on it on its regular course in a previous year, and Really liked it because um, normally it's just an, an out and back. It goes down, you know, one of the rail trails in the area for thirteen point one, turns around, comes back down, which is not necessarily my cup of tea. Um, but it's you know, it's it's a good race. It's it was a fairly flat flat race, fast race uh, for those who wanted to to run that. Um, I had never really considered it a whole lot. Um, I was signed up to run the Lakefront Marathon here in Milwaukee. Um, this past fall, I signed up in mid-March, mm. which was Perfect not the best timing. time to sign up for a marathon, <laughs> right. but I signed up for it in mid-March. I was like, okay, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be a good race. And then that got, you know, that got canceled. Um, I know fairly well, uh, the owner of uh, the race company that puts on the Doolittle. Um, so I had, I was fairly certain it was going to happen. Um, in conversations with him, they started doing races in June mm. Um, of 2020, on um, of course, a smaller scale, right. um, you know, smaller cap size, uh, things like that, but they were still doing it. Uh, so I was pretty sure it was going to happen in some capacity. Uh, so I signed up for it just, just to have something, mm-hmm. um, because again, it looked like it was going to happen. Um, I was already, I think, I don't think Lakefront got canceled until June, June-ish or so. So I was almost ready for my first 20 mile at that point anyway. So mm-hmm. I signed up for it. Uh, Then yeah, of course you know look was looking at the looking at the entry list quite a bit to see who else was who else was coming out for for that race. Uh, And I knew I was in pretty good shape uh, coming into it. It was it was quite frankly one of my better training cycles. Uh, I think in large part because I had no races to disrupt me in in the middle of it um, because I I like to race and I think it was probably a good thing that there was nothing in there and I could really just focus on a lot of my training, get all the. You know speed workouts in long runs in et cetera when I was coming into it um but yeah looking at the looking at the entry list, I knew I had a chance mm-hmm. um just based on who else was signed up, um but I certainly would never you know never would walk into a marathon thinking oh i've got I've got this because right. so much can go wrong, um someone could just show up the day of mm-hmm. you, you didn't really know um but I knew I had a chance, but i wasn't i wasn't really focused on that at any point at the start of going into the race. Um, cause I was mostly focused on just running, running my race and whatever, whatever happens, happens. Um, I was a little worried the day before, cause there were some thunderstorms that were supposed to roll in on Sunday. I was like, wouldn't that just be <laughs> the thing? <to laughs> that, that'd be the it?
1: 20, 20th thing of 2020 is to fi- have a race that gets then blown up by a thunderstorm.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So I was like, Oh my gosh, wouldn't that just be the way it goes? Um, but fortunately that didn't happen. Um, we just got the rain and the wind, um, but not the lightning. So that all worked out. Um, but it was so the race course. I, I know I mentioned normally it's just one out and back, um, but because of various permitting that they had to do, uh, we got to run four out and backs. Mm. Lucky so, you! <laughs> yeah. So and it, which, in a weird way, almost helped me break it down a little bit. Um, one of my friends. It sounds so stupid, but it really helped me. It was like, oh, it's almost like you're running a mile on the track. I was like, mm. I can't, you know, it kind laps. of is, yeah. it kind of is, this is four laps. Uh, and for me, it helped because at no point did I think, did it really cross my mind? Like, oh, I'm at mile 18, I'm at mile 20, I'm mile 22. I'm, I was on lap three mm-hmm. or I was on lap whatever. So for me, it helped break it down a little bit. Um, you know, you certainly didn't have to pay attention where you were going. Right. Because you, you would run the whole thing after the first six miles, you would run the whole course. Uh, so that was really nice. I didn't really I knew I had a really good chance to win. I was in third for most of the first half. But that was because the people in front of me were in the half, which I did not know mm. until they were done. And then I got to the turnaround for lap three and there was there was no one in front of me. And I was like, oh. oh there's no one around um and and i know because i've looked at it lots of times on my strava those are my fastest miles are going out on lap three um of the whole race so what 13 through 16 or 17 are my fastest and i think it's because i knew that there's no one in front of me i don't know who in back of me is running the marathon or the half um, but I knew that at that point I at the very least was in the lead mm-hmm. and I was probably a good time to try to separate it out a little bit uh, at that point. Uh, and I think around when I got to the turnaround point on the third lap where we started to come back to the start, that was where I started to pay attention to who's still, who else was, yes, who was mm-hmm. all out there. And then I think, gosh, it was almost probably almost two miles that I had in front of, in front of the next people. And then I was like, okay, like, as long as nothing really bad happens here, you know, we've got it. So I probably did ease off more than I otherwise would have in the last mm-hmm. six of the marathon, um, just because at that point it was in my head that you're going to win as long as you don't run smack into the wall right. at that point. So I, I kind of changed my race accordingly to make sure that that did not happen. Um, at that point in time. So I, re- I knew at that point that I had it as long as nothing went bad. Um, it did frustrate me a little bit when I came to the finish. Cause I hadn't looked at my watch at all, uh, during, during the race, because I mean, we had about 30 mile per hour winds and on a, mm. you know, on a, on a bike path, you're running into that. You're not, you're not maintaining mm-hmm. the pace at that point. Uh, so I hadn't looked at my watch since like probably mile seven or so. You know, and I'm coming into the finish and I looked and I think if I had at some point I probably would have PR'd the marathon as well. Um, um which is fine. Um it bothered me a little bit. I was like, oh man, like I could have I, I definitely could have run faster than that, but I was I was more focused on just making sure I didn't, you know, collapse at like twenty-two or twenty-three, um knowing that I had it in the bag. Um and it was cool. It was pretty cool to to say that I I won one. Um, and I mean, yeah, there weren't, you know, admittedly, there weren't a lot of fast people there, uh, granted, but that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing stopping them from signing up. Um, and I did, and you beat everyone who was there and that it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool to, to win one. Yeah. Um, it's never going to, it's never going to happen again. So well,
1: you never know. You never know when there's another, another race you sign up for that You know, all the people in front of you decide to only run the half and, and there you go,
0: you know? Never know. It's possible, but I would I wouldn't bank on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd never bank on winning a race, um, just just in general. But it, but it was really neat. It was it was a really cool really cool experience to to win one, um, especially in twenty twenty. I feel like it adds a little bit um, to that. Just be like, you know, oh, I won one, and it was during you know during almost the height of of the COVID pandemic. Be like, oh yeah, I just I went out and won a marathon in there, and mm-hmm. it, was, it was really cool. It was a really cool experience.
1: Yeah. In a time when lots of people were jonesing for a race, you, you got a race and, and you won it, um, prior to, prior to that event last year, had you had much slash any experience running near the front of a race, whether smaller races or, or, or bigger races, just to, to kind of, from, from what I understand uh, as somebody who doesn't run at the front of very many packs very often, um, it's a like you said. You're not looking at the watch. It's a completely different race when you're up there vying for for the lead versus when you're mid pack and you're trying to pace for a PR or time goals or things like that. Um, so again, going back to the question, had you had experience at the front of packs before? Yes.
0: So I had I had won a couple races, but not not certainly not any big ones, um, and I think nothing longer than a, a five and change mile run through a quarry um but but yes I, i've been up there um and kind of in contention for somewhere in that top three before mm-hmm. uh so i i did kind of i've had experience with that um i think probably the the best the best one that i had was that the the brewers host a half and a 10k um most years not last year right and not this year either uh, but for that one uh in the 10 in the 10k um which again I'm fairly good at that distance. Um, but that was one where I ran in fourth for most of it. Um, but realized that I'm, I was reeling in the guy in third. And once I made that pass at like four and a half, you're right. You, you're not You're not like, Oh, I you know, should be careful. My pace. Mm-hmm. It's no, I'm going to pass this guy, look strong doing it and stay ahead of him at that point. Um, so, I mean, it's always kind of fun when that happens in races too. Um uh, I, I think it adds, adds a little bit of, of energy. It certainly, um, and like we talked about earlier, you're you're not paying attention to pace or how you feel. You're paying attention to beating um, that you know one person or what if you're running with a pack mm-hmm. beating those people as well. Uh, so it, it does change a little bit. Um, it, I think it's I think it's very rare to run into that um, I think in any race because you need to have people at the top who are close together. Um, but it does yes, it comes more to a little more to, to race strategy. I think at that point more than anything else which is very helpful if you know the course. Right. Certainly um you can know where to where to accelerate um and where to go from there. Um even the last the last bigger race that I did, well last race that I did. Let's let's not even go not even that. Uh, the last the last uh, half marathon on trails that I did. Um I it's a course that I know extremely well. Um I've run races out there. I have I train out there. Um, I I know it well, and it's like it's two what we call two big loops and one small loop, on the trails, and the small loop is hilly, mm-hmm. and it's at the end of a half. It's the last five k, uh, and if you're not ready for that, well, oh, it's it's really tough, and and I always kind of know that that's where I can move up into various positions and and then it is it is you know the course you know where you can make those moves you know where it can be a powerful move mm-hmm. um to get past someone uh, i know our cross country coach in high school always told us if you pass someone on a hill right it's it's over you're they're not going to they're not going to catch you again um so i i will make a concerted effort to try to make a strong pass cuz i think you have to um if if you're if you're in that competitive mindset you have to you have to make a strong pass and and hold it which is sometimes sometimes a little bit tougher Mm -hmm. to do uh, than than to think about uh the last 50k i ran i passed i passed the lead female who is a much more legitimate trail runner than i am uh to move into third overall and i I think i passed her at like 25 and the first thing i thought i was like like we got, we really got to, we got to go because, yeah. because there's six miles left. And Plenty of time for her to come get me. Yeah. Oh yeah. She's a better runner than I am. So I was like, oh, we got to really, really kick it here. Uh, just to try to stretch that distance out as best we can. Uh, cause you never know how other people are feeling either. Mm-hmm. That might be the, the kick in the butt that they need to be like, oh, you know, someone, someone's coming for me. Um, so yeah, I've, I've had some experience with that, but never, never from the very front. Um, never quite from first. Normally, normally it was around again, kind of jostling for that, you know, third or second where one person is just like way far away from you. Um, so it was, it was the only time I had been like firmly in the lead. And like, if we don't screw up, we're going to win.
1: Yeah. Which, which I, I wonder, and I guess since, since I've got you here, I might as well ask, does that, does that put more, maybe it's just self pressure, but does that put more pressure on you versus versus, when you are running second, third, 10th, whatever, like, you know, at that point, like, yeah, you're still trying to do well. You're trying to maybe move up a couple spots or maintain your spots or whatever, but like, you're not the clear cut favorite versus in in that situation, you know, you got two miles plus or minus on the, on the nearest, uh, runners behind you. Does that shift the the pressure a little bit? Like you said to not push as much, but just keep it on the rails. Like, like, how does that play out for, how did that play out for you?
0: That's that's a really good question. Um, I think, it, you know, it's very different. I, I think, in, you know, in the lead, I, I was feeling pretty good. And I think mm-hmm. that helped quite a cult right. my mindset quite a bit um, that I kind of knew if I could, you know, more or less maintain what felt like a comparable pace. They weren't going to catch me. Right. Like I, you know, I, I knew roughly that I was running somewhere mid to low sevens. You know, I'm like even even with like a mile and a half. They were not going to throw down a couple get...
1: 4-minute miles at that point. Like it's not happening.
0: Right. Yeah, they're they're not they're not they're probably not going to come and get me. So I think in that regard it was a little bit more uh relaxing just in the sense that I knew uh, you know as long as you didn't like walk or cramp mm-hmm. up or you know really just completely run out of fuel I I had it. Um so there was pressure in the sense that you like oh you you can't mess this up because this is probably the only chance you're ever going to get to win, to win a marathon. But I don't think that it, it was there in the sense to run, to run faster. Like I, like I've had in, in a couple other races that I've won. I know, like I mentioned that Corey won earlier. Um, there was another guy who was pretty quick in there and I didn't know how much he had in the tank um, coming up to the end. So that was kind of like, oh, we got to we got to still kind of keep the, keep the foot on the gas here. Cause he could still come for me, you know, in the last however long, cause mm-hmm. he's certainly not going to look around and see where he was. Um, so I was like, we got, we got to go. So it was a little different for that. Um, I think, you know, sitting in, you know, third, second, when you know, you don't have a prayer, it's, this is going to sound really bad. It's tougher <laughs> to stay to me. It's tougher to stay motivated. Uh, and especially if you're not on a PR pace, mm. Like if you're having a good race but not a great race, I was like, okay, I'm not going to catch this person. Probably no one's going to catch me. But I'm not going to PR either. Right. And you're just kind of like, oh, you know, it, it, you really are in no man's land at that point. So, um, I think I think that's a little bit for me. It's more challenging from a from a mental perspective, um, just because you're like, well, what other than other than placing, mm-hmm. uh, which which is is the goal. There's really no other incentive at that right. point like i said i, I think that sounds hopefully someone's listening will be like "Yeah, i get it um but i think it's kind of a weird one when you you know um you don't have you don't you can't move up you, you're not going to move back you're not going to pr it's like okay i'll just run hard and just ride out the rest of the race uh, i know i know i did one in eight mile once that i was in third and i have four minutes on either side of me for another person and it's like well cool Right. <laughs> I'm not I'm not going to make up four minutes. I'm not I'm probably not going to lose four minutes. We're just going to run hard and ride this out. And I think it almost takes the form of a workout at that point where, you know, you want to run hard, but you're you're probably not going to red line when you're you're not going to move up in your place. You're not going to PR the race. Um, you just want to make sure you keep running hard and you don't get dragged back in by someone else who might be trying to catch up to you if if they know where you are Mm -hmm.
1: no i I think i think it makes sense and 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 i get the the concern of like how it could come across but like no i i think that's that's it's spot on because like if if there's that possibility of moving up or if there's that possibility of getting caught i think anybody who's got a, a competitive bone in their body is is able and willing to dig a little bit deeper push that red line a little bit harder like like to just to just you know do everything you can to, to maintain, to move up, whatever, to get that PR. But yeah, when you're in that no man's land, um, which is the same thing that, and great, ex, great way to tie into workouts as well. Cause it, you know, if you're in kind of just a, 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 a workout, like, yeah, you're trying to push, but like, it it can be easy sometimes, especially if, if you're not really feeling it that day to just kind of back off a little bit. And then, you know, maybe you're kicking yourself afterwards because you didn't quite get like, I don't know. There's a, there's a whole lot of mental I don't know, gymnastics, maybe not the right, but there's mental struggles, mental battles that are going in that situation. I think that, that whether we're talking about from the the front of the race or workout or whatever, I think that that I can certainly relate to it, not from the front of the race, but from other, other parts of, of running as well. Um, what about kind of shifting gears on, on this leading the race kind of point of, of conversation that we've been in to when you do go to a bigger race, you mentioned grandmas, you mentioned some other races, lakefront, things like that, where there's, you know, maybe not. You know, I know Lakefront's not, not grandma's size, but it's also not, not a nothing race. Like there's thousands, a few thousand people there. Uh, when, you, when you're in a race like that, what, what is the mindset? What is the, the driver where, like you said, probably not going to win those races, probably not even going to be in the, in the top 10 or 15 of those races. Uh, but for a competitive guy and a guy who's, who's no, no stranger to running towards the front of the pack, what's the mental situation like on, on those days?
0: I mean, for me personally, you're right. You know, you're not going to win. Like, you're not going to lay down at like a two fifteen, which you know, right? Yeah, it's a PR by an hour to
1: win that race, and and when you're running a right. low three hour marathon, like PRs by an hour don't happen really.
0: Yeah, so I think in in a way, it's kind of nice because that's it's one less thing to even even have to consider. Um, but I, I think for a lot of those big ones, uh, myself and probably a lot of people, you know, you you run those to run a time. Mm. Um, and I think that's, that's the big one, um, especially, you know, I think that's why, and well, I did not love it. That's why a lot of people run Chicago mm. um, and, and Lakefront would, would be, you know, kind of that same vein. I think you'd run it, you'd run it to, you know, if you're trying to qualify or hit your PR, I think for, at least for me that that becomes the focus then um, because, because you're right, you're cer- you're certainly not going to win. Um, but you can, you can focus on running, running a solid time. You can probably dial in a little bit more to, um, a race strategy, a pacing strategy, on uh, work from there. Uh, you do have more people around you, which again is always nice. It probably is going to be someone that you can run with, mm-hmm. um, at least for for a bulk of the race. Um, you do get that bigger crowd support uh, at a race like that as well, which is really nice. Um, but yeah, I, I think you, for me at least, it would be then aiming aiming for a PR or a qualifying time, um, whatever that might be for each individual. Uh, I think at that point, or again, if it's a race you just want to do for the experience. I guess that's, that's also a valid reason, uh, to roll out there. Um, but for me, it would be to run, you know, you'd, you'd try to run, run a certain, a certain time or hit whatever qualifier you're aiming for.
1: So, so basically how I go into every race, because I'm not going to win. I know I'm not going to win them. So no matter how many people are there, so yeah, you have your, your personal goals, which you know, not for nothing, but it's a lot easier to run your own race in that situation because that's what it's all about anyway. Cause there is no placing potential 99 times out of a hundred
0: right yeah and i think that is that is nice sometimes especially you know if if there's race again speaking personally where you think like maybe there's a chance mm-hmm. you know you, you could take it for me it, it sometimes is nicer to see a, some some legit person sign up and like okay right don't, you're not going to beat them so you don't don't even have to worry about worry about any kind of race strategy at the front you can kind of pu- push that out of your mind um, so for for me that's helpful um i would understand how it could be the opposite for for some people you think oh i've got a mm-hmm. got a really good chance and that could be a great motivator um but i know speaking personally i much would prefer to run my own race and see what happens because like, like you said if someone you know shows up it it doesn't matter right. if, if they have if they have a great race you're not gonna probably weren't gonna beat them anyway so it's something to not not really stress about um in my opinion Gotcha.
1: I, I agree. I agree. So you kind of buried the lead here, I guess a little bit, but you just let it slip. And I, I didn't know we were going to go this route and we're getting close to wrapping up, but I got to ask Chicago, not, you, said, you kind of said there, what isn't exactly your, your favorite, uh, favorite race, favorite cup of tea. What, what was it about uh, the Chicago marathon experience that wasn't, uh, wasn't your jam?
0: Oh, I mean, I would like to preface this by saying, growing up in Milwaukee, I feel like a lot of things about Chicago I don't like. Um, the Cubs being cheap among them. The Cubs are top on that list. <laughs> but I, I don't know. It was, it was the first major that I ran. Um, and so certainly the biggest race by bar none that I had done, um, until I did New York, like a month later, then that was speaking mm-hmm. the biggest, but, uh, Chicago was the first one. Chicago was my goal race. Um, I ran it in 2018, uh, which was, it rained. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we didn't have the best weather, um, which might've, might've impacted that experience a little bit. Um, just cause I think there were probably fewer crowds. Um, it's never right. fun to get, you know, downpour on at mile 17 either. Uh, but I don't know. It was. If, if you've ever run it, um, I don't, I'm not sure if you have. Um, and if anyone listening has ever run it, like the start line is just a—it's a, a, just a cluster in Grant Park. Um, you know, you're, you're packed in. You go in certain ways. There, are people all over. You're kind of herded over into into the big corral so early. Uh, you have to get in there, uh, and it's a lot in the morning. Um, Chicago being Chicago, there's no, unless you stay downtown, there's no really efficient way Mm -hmm. to get there the morning of, um, because the, the trains go pretty early, uh, if you live in the suburbs, like I did at the time. Uh, and then a lot of the roads are closed, so you might be able to get there, but not be able to leave, Mm -hmm. um, once once you're down there. Uh, so I, I thought out the planning aspect of it, trying to figure out how to get there, Maybe I' put more stress on it than I should have, um, but i I like my morning to be my race morning to be as stress free as possible, and so that was hindered a little bit by trying to figure out if I should stay downtown, if I should drive in, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, yeah, the rain certainly didn't help um, i thought i don't know I thought the course was fine mm-hmm. it, it was flat so that 's really nice, you can run really well there, um, but i don 't know it just it didn 't quite do it for me. Um, and I know a lot of people love it. Uh, so I know it's, it's not the, it's not the most popular take mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to talking about the marathon, the world marathons to say that you know, I didn't love Chicago. I didn't, I didn't love Chicago. Um, I loved New York mm-hmm. when, when I ran that. Um, so I always feel like that is worth noting because it's not the size of Chicago that really bothered me because right. I thought New York was awesome. Um, but I don't know. And I think maybe it was the rain. Maybe if I ran it on a, on a nice day and more, you know, more people were out and it wasn't getting rained on and running into a headwind. Mm-hmm. Um, that might've helped certainly, but I, I don't know. It, it's like when everyone says something is so great and, mm. and you, you experience it and you're like, well, it was good. It was fine, but it wasn't like, Oh my gosh, like I don't, I don't need to do it again.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. The, the expectations, you build it up in your mind and it almost doesn't have, have a chance. And, and, um, I, and I don't know, I and mean, maybe there's something here, maybe there's not, but we'll, we'll start wrapping things up. But I feel like you. I don't feel like. I know you said that it was the plan was to like it was a goal race. Like it was it was it was the big the big deal. Um, And I've as a coach, I've had you know folks that are running Chicago as a goal race, and I'm, I'm learning through their experiences. and Maybe there's something in this as well. And I don't even know how you how you did results wise, but like because of the cluster at the beginning, it may to to me and and from from some of the folks I've talked to it makes it a lot harder for that to be a goal race. Because like you said, it's not a, it's not a stress-free morning. Like it's, it's get up early, figure out the logistics, get there, wait, herd around, blah, 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 blah. Like it really throws that routine off. And so, so I kind of feel like maybe, maybe the marathon majors in general, and maybe, I don't know, again, maybe this helped with New York for you or not, but like those type of races are probably better to run them as an experience because of all the moving parts that make it really hard to have a great day versus your smaller town races where there's a few thousand people and you can just roll up to the start line and go i don't know maybe there's something there maybe there's not but and maybe that's part of of how it played out for you as well
0: yeah I, that's that's a good point i think you know i know a lot of people who have done extremely well um, mm-hmm. at the majors uh so maybe, maybe it's just me trying to to reduce what i have to do in the morning um but i i think if you are someone who is fairly regimented in what you in what you do for your pre-race because you know again everyone's different you know if you try to have your you know your breakfast your coffee Mm -hmm. your your bathroom before you run that can get a little bit thrown just because of because of grant park uh, in in chicago Uh, it really is i i was very very fortunate to kind of backed into one of the um Chicago area runners, um, like VIP things. So mm-hmm. they had their own little Portageon area, which was really nice um for those of us who had that. Um, but if you didn't, I mean, you know, you're you're in those lines, your right. timing might get all thrown off. You've got to hustle over to the corral where you sit for who knows how long. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I think, you know, I'm probably you know I probably don't adjust to that personally as well as Maybe some other people do, mm-hmm. um, so I think there are probably some people who are better at adjusting all of that on the fly, uh, maybe some like me who aren't. Um, I know you know if I swing it back very quickly to the do I, I said it to some people I was like it wrecked me for other marathons because it was so easy right like I, I woke up, I drove over, and started mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it was simple it was like going out for a long run, um, you just did a little bit faster, and I feel like I kind of it kind of wrecked me for. For other goal marathons, i like, well, it was it was so easy. It was such a stress-free morning, um, and I guess I haven't run a, a marathon since then. I've run only trail races, but uh, but that's a yeah, lot of time. I,
1: what trail races are like too? Unless you're talking real big ones. At least in my experience, the trail races, ultras, or whatever, they're a lot more of that low key, just show up and go versus get there, plan, yada yada yada.
0: Yes, yeah, you're exactly right. Uh, yeah, the last the last 50k I did in in Tennessee. Yeah, I think I sat in my car until 15 minutes before we started, went out, race announcements, mm-hmm. kind of stand around for a little bit and go. Uh, so, it, yeah, it's really easy to, especially if you've got certain things you want to do, don't want to be stressed. It's really easy to just kind of loiter around and wait until wait until you're going to start. So you're exactly right about that. Um, and like I said, that's probably a personal problem for me. Um, I probably just don't adjust as well as maybe I could to some of those those bigger ones where you have to get herded around a little bit more than maybe a smaller race or a trail race.
1: But, and it's beauty. Beauty of running is that to each their own, there's no shortage of options out there. And if, if you decide to never do Chicago again, like animosity towards Chicago aside, no big deal. There's no shortage of other races out there. Uh, And you can, you can get after it and find the right size races and the right opportunities for yourself. So as we're, as we're wrapping up today, Ben um, one last question for you, I call it the philosophical question here at the end, which is just like the introductory question, very open-ended you can close it out however you want. And that's where we'll wrap things up. But, uh, just curious, at this point in your life, from, from you know, the, those high school days of going out for the cross-country team to, to where you are now, winning, winning a marathon, uh, who knows, maybe win another one, probably not, but who knows, never say never, running ultras, whatever the case might be. Um, why is running still such a, a key part of, of your life? Why, why do you still get out there on a regular basis, getting your miles in, road trails, whatever the case might be?
0: Uh, I, I mean, the big part of it is that I like it, mm. um, which is, is important. More. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. And you know, that's, that's a very short and simple answer, but I think it's an important one as well. Um, you can't, you know, you can't dread your, your daily run. Um, I mean, I'm not looking forward to mine today, but that's because I'm tapering. And I'm like, oh three three mm. miles. Like, right. this, what are we, what are we doing? But that's, that's different. Um, no, I, I do really like it. Um, I love the people, um, you know, whether it be, you know, you know, my, my close friends, acquaintances, um, miscellaneous people who I may have talked to at one race and the people are all by and large, are great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's what makes it a lot of fun and why, why so many people, I think maybe had a, had a tougher time, you know, at times in you know, 2020, early 21, um, cause you miss the, the people at the start at the finish, um, that you get to run with. So I think the people really make it and keep you coming back. Um, which is why I think so many people get sucked in, much like I did, uh, to a running group because uh, you're not you're not joining a running group to run the miles. Right. You're, you're joining a running group to run with the people uh, that that are going to be there. So I, you know you have to like it, but I think the people make it um, and, and keep and keep people coming back for more for more miles, more races, um, or for whatever aspect of, of running that they like. It's the it's the camaraderie and the people that are around them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Very well said. And uh, guys, once again, if you want to connect with Ben, follow along with the stuff he's got going on uh, at Ben M Lamers on Instagram, at Ben Lamers on Twitter, disruns.com slash 958, disruns.com slash 958. All the links, all the photos, all the things as per usual. So uh, Ben, thanks for uh, for taking the time today. Uh, hopefully help to, to distract you from some of those taper crazes that we all have uh, experienced at some point or another. Uh, but good luck on the race, which will have already happened by the time people are hearing this. But as, as we're talking, good luck on the race. Hope it goes well. And uh, beyond that, wish you nothing but the best going forward, my
0: friend. Awesome. Thank you. appreciate it. This was a lot of fun. All right,
1: guys. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. Hope you enjoyed the conversation between Ben and myself. And as per usual, we would be curious to find out what is your takeaway de jour du jour. Uh, for me, it was when we were talking about the, the marathon that Ben won. And one of the things that he said, I don't know if it was something that he really meant to focus on, but it, it my, my my antenna went up right away, as soon as he said that, you know, the, the race that, that he won last year, the, the marathon he won in 2020 towards the, the in the fall after a summer of not racing, he said maybe that was part of why he ran so well, by not having multiple other training cycles, by not cycling up for a race and recovering, wh- whatever the distance might be, even shorter stuff, but just being able to just grind out good training week after week, month after month, and then obviously to see it pay off in a big way uh, on race day to to break the tape to win a marathon which is something that uh, I don't know I'll never say never but I don't see me ever adding that to my CV but the reason that that stood out to me the reason that was such a takeaway the reason that it it caused my antenna to go up both when we were listening live and then you know even going back through like seeing if there was anything I missed like no th- clearly this was my takeaway is that you know and maybe this is me as the coach talking right but I feel like I see this with some of my athletes. And, and just in general, that like racing is fun, obviously. I enjoy it. I know a lot of you even enjoy it more than I do. Um, but it's hard to get good training blocks and, and really see some good like chunks of progress if you're breaking up your training with racing all the time. Because let's not kid ourselves. Racing and training, two different things. So I'm not here to say, you know, my takeaway isn't don't race more that's that's not that's not my takeaway um, I'm still gonna run some races I've got a, my eyes on a couple things uh, this fall Stay tuned for maybe some announcements on those um, but but my my I guess my takeaway my, my thought both for myself and potentially you know something to, to plant in your head as well is if you're if you're really maybe kind of getting close for me maybe make, getting close to making that play for a Boston qualifying time maybe the better way to do it isn't to try to schedule a handful of races in semi short succession. Just like, let's see if I can hold Boston qualifying time for, you know, a half marathon for a, for a 30 K for, for whatever. Like, no, maybe the way to do it is to go, all right, I'm going to set a date. I'm going to pick a race, you know, a year from now, a year and a half from now and really not run many races. If any races in that next year, year and a half. Just focus my efforts on continuing to build my fitness, continuing to hit key workouts, continuing to be smart, train train intelligently, listen to my body, all those types of things, and not break up the 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 racing, or, you know, not break up the training block by mixing in a couple more races or a bunch more races. Maybe that's a bit extreme. Maybe it's a six month block. Maybe it's a, a five month block. I don't know. But it was just kind of interesting to me how, and maybe it was a coincidence. I, who knows? But I think there, I both me personally the runner and me personally the coach think that there is something to the idea of just focus on some training for a while and let that pay off instead of constantly running or, you know, near constantly running races. Um not that, that again, and this isn't negative on races. It's just to really give yourself your best chance to crush it if you've got a big goal that you're getting close to, that might that might be something that would be beneficial. I don't know. Uh that's that's just kind of you know, it just really stuck out to me, uh, both again, when we were talking and kind of going through it again. And so I knew right away that that was more than likely going to be my takeaway. And uh, there it is. So hopefully that made sense. Maybe it gave you something to think about. Maybe you thought about it when you heard him him mention it, uh, you know, half an hour ago or a little bit more than that ago. Uh, maybe it's just something that is coming back into your your radar right now. And maybe there was something completely different. I don't know. You tell me. I'm at DizRuns on Twitter, at DizRuns on Instagram. You can also send an email to DizRuns at gmail.com. Of course you can head over to the show notes for today which you can find at disruns.com slash nine five eight disruns.com slash nine five eight let me know your thoughts your feedbacks your takeaways from today's episode we also got some photos and links in the whole nine as per usual in the show notes disruns com slash nine five eight and uh, if you could use a little more discretionary dollars in your budget maybe to sign up for a race maybe to hire yours truly as a coach maybe to buy a book called Be Ready on race Day to help you prepare for your next race, but not, you know, hire me directly. Um, or maybe you just, you know, want some new shoes or I don't know, you know, save a little bit of money. I don't know what it is. If you want a little bit more money in, in your, in your potentially in your wallet, Winab might be a great tool for it. Dizruns.com slash Get yourself that free month anyway to test it out, take it for a spin, see if you like it. And then if you do and you decide, hey, this is, this is definitely worth uh, investing a few bucks in and, and hopefully getting way more back as a result. You get yourself an extra free month if you use my link, disruns.com slash wineab. You throw your boy a, a free month as well, um, but whether or not I get any more free months, I'm, I'm renewing because uh, I, I dig it. I definitely can say that uh, Rebecca and I save more than $85 a year because of using the tool. Um, ergo, we're more than breaking even, so might be worth checking out if you're so inclined. Disruns.com slash wineab and now... Without any further ado, let's go ahead and wrap this one up. If you enjoyed it, hit that share button. Tell a friend. Always appreciate when you're willing to do that. Until next time, y'all, please be well. Take good care. Thanks again for listening. And uh, we'll talk soon, all right? See you guys.